When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Dembele is wide on the right flank and retrieves it for the French. Gets it back in and this time Kylian Mbappe does score. The golden boy of French football. One of the world's best. Kylian Mbappe opens his accounts. The first phase, second phase now in play for Argentina. Messi squares it up, back towards the feet of Messi. Lionel Messi with the shots, and it's Lionel Messi. The magic of Messi cannot be stopped. The green and gold wall of Australia has been breached. Lionel Messi, after 35 minutes, slips it between the defence and beyond Matt Ryan into the bottom left corner, and it's Argentina 1, Australia 0. That is the voice of Jordan Keneal. He's done a staggeringly good job uh, calling the World Cup. The knowledge you have to have of all the players around the world, particularly players you don't see that often, but Geordie and Clint Bolton and Archie Thompson, the team, have done a great job. And that was uh, the two superstars scoring against the Socceroos. The only two teams that Socceroos lost to are Argentina and France, and they play in the final Monday morning, 2 a.m. Jordan will be calling all the action again. He's been good enough to join us this morning. Morning, Jordan. Hello, Jules. How are you, mate? Very good. Uh, I was saying the other day, it's a bit like a, a Grand Slam tennis tournament where, you know, during the tournament when there's upsets, it's it's a story, it's it's pretty sexy. But at the end of the day, if you haven't got any skin in the game, you want to see the best going at it at the at the end of the tournament. That's pretty much what we've got with this World Cup on Monday morning, haven't we? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking about this earlier that the... The final that we've got is is one that I think the, um, the the world of football, the world of football fans would would want to have seen, probably deserve to see as well. Um, as much as the fairy tale of Morocco was lovely, and I was really on board the bandwagon of Morocco in retrospect, um, having this final, Argentina and France, is probably the, the the best and the most ultimate result that we can get. Um, they've both. Um, built themselves nicely through the knockout stage. They're, they're peaking at the right time. It was probably just going to be a step too far for Morocco, probably just a step too far as well for Croatia, who were lacking in a few areas. So Argentina and France, I think, is is a great result to end the tournament on. Who should be favourite, do you think? Um, it's really tough. that They've both had very similar form lines. Um, I, I think... I think Argentina might go in as, as slight favourites only because it feels like France have just kind of, uh, they've, they've kind of, not, not limped, that's, that's too harsh, but they've kind of just moseyed into the final in a way. I don't want to sound disrespectful to them, but, but their game against England was, um, was, was a game that only had sort of fleeting moments here and there. It wasn't a, a full 90 minutes of, of great football from, from France. And then, the game against Morocco, Morocco fought really hard and were actually very, very good in that game, but, but they were injured. And, and when France scored from the start, it looked like it was going to be sort of the writing on the wall from there. But they were tested all the way by an injured Moroccan team so and, and looked like they were going to concede it at various moments. So I think 
on the balance of, of just the most recent performances in these crunch phases of, of the tournament, probably Argentina, but it is so close. Of course, a lot of the build-up is around Lionel Messi and <clears throat> excuse me and uh, Kylian Mbappe, who they won't see much of each other because I would fair to say they don't track back uh, that often. But uh, Messi's been pretty consistent throughout the whole tournament, and they're both going in equal leader of the Golden. But what about Mbappe though? He was didn't do much against England. Is he due a big game? Like I feel like his last two games, he hasn't been as outstanding as he was earlier in the tournament. Yeah, he probably is. He probably is due a big game, and he knows how to play the big games too. He scored uh, in the final of the last World Cup as a, as a teenager, so he's not uh, unfamiliar with the stage. Um, but yeah, he's, you're right. The, the last two games he's played, he's been. I think teams have just kind of maybe found him out a little bit. England probably exposed. Um, uh, a weakness there of Mbappe that he doesn't track back, doesn't get back in defence. So if you commit, a, you know, you commit a marker to him or, or two plays and make it a two-on-one constantly and you just press him up to the sideline, you can keep him quiet. And that's what England did. They were able to blanket Mbappe. Uh, Morocco sort of did that to a, to a, an extent, not as not as great, but, um, but enough that he was kept pretty quiet in that game. So... Um, yeah, his last two, he started like a house on fire. He was probably the best player in the first four, three or four matches uh, of the World Cup. But his last two have been have been rather quiet. And Messi has been the opposite. He started okay. He was not bad for the group stage. Wasn't poor. He was just good. But the knockout phase, he, he started to get better and better every game. The Australia game, he was good. The Netherlands game, he was better. And then the last game against Croatia was at his best. So they've kind of had reversing form lines where Messi's getting better and Mbappe's just quietened off a little bit. But Mbappe is that kind of player where he can just electrify immediately. And, and yeah, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't put it past him having a big one and, and just coming out and, uh, and, and really turning it on in the final. Speaking of Jordan Cornelius, he'll call the World Cup final on Mon- Monday morning here on SEN. Archie Thompson will be alongside him. What about Griezmann? He's had a... A, a fantastic World uh, Cup. How important is he to the result come Monday morning? I think he's absolutely pivotal to, to France. I think he's been the best player of the tournament. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up winning the, the, the golden ball for the player of the tournament. I think every game he's played, he's been um, excellent. I don't think there's any other player in the World Cup who have put together um, you know, six uh, consecutive games, to, you know, soon to be seven on the weekend, uh, where he's been good in every single game. Um, he's put a full tournament together and he's had to add a few extra strings to his bow because normally he's just an out-and-out attacking player. He plays up in the final third, uh, comes back into midfield occasionally, but this World Cup, he's had to do a lot of extra defensive duties. So he's come back uh, in defence. He's helped shield his back four. He's added uh, multiple layers to his game and he's he's excelled. He's done really well. And a lot of that is because of the injuries that France had pre-tournament with Paul Pogba being injured and Golo Conte being injured, they would have provided some of that defensive sturdiness to the midfield. But Griezmann's had to come back and, and do that. And he's played box to box. So he's going up the park to his attacking 18-yard box and then running all the way back to his defensive 18-yard box, covering a lot of ground and just making good decisions, competing well. And he is really the, the metronome in the middle of the park. So he is, he is absolutely important. And, um, and he's got a tough challenge because Argentina's midfield as a, as a group are very solid as well. So... It's going to be a that's that's pretty much going to be the, the the core of the match basically. If Argentina win and Lionel Messi's played a key role in it, I mean, well, it'd be fifteen years now probably we've been comparing Ronaldo and Messi. Who's better? You ask ten people, five will say Ronaldo, five will say Messi. But if he does win, does it end the argument forever? 
the fact if he can lead his team to a World Cup, given everything else that he's done, does it end the argument forever? Um, look, probably if your if your objective, it probably would. There's a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo fans who will continue to argue uh, all the way to the end of time that he is the better player. And similarly, there's Messi fans who will do it anyway, even if he doesn't win the World Cup. But um, but he's had. I mean, they've both had such complete careers. Uh, already, but the World Cup is the ultimate, and both players are so passionate about their national teams. They are, they. I mean, particularly you know recently, Lionel Messi. Maybe once upon a time he wasn't, but of late he has been so invested playing for Argentina. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo was it was a proud moment for him winning the Euros back in 2016. But the World Cup trumps all. It is it is the ultimate in football. So if he does win the World Cup. It does put him up in in the same category as, as Pele, who did it a handful of three three times. I think it was Maradona who did it once, um, and and Ronaldo won't have a World Cup. That won't tarnish his record. He's still going to be one of the greatest players that ever played. But but winning a World Cup does just take you that that extra step higher because it is the ultimate in football. And if you win one, you're, you're immortalised. So um, I don't think it'll stop people from arguing about it. But but I think maybe to a to a uh, maybe a level-headed neutral, that would probably say that yeah, Messi would would be end up would end up as the better player. So we know how hard back-to-back World Cups are to win. Brazil, the last team to do it in 1958 and 1962, inspired by that man you, you said there in Palais. So obviously the French team, four years is a long time between tournaments, and there's different players. There's still some of the same players are there, but different players. But the manager's the same. So what, if France win, what does it do to the legacy of Didier Deschamps, who's not only he captained their first World Cup and then he's coached mm. them to a World Cup title. If he does it again, where does that put him in the ether of, of all-time managers? Oh, it would put him right at the very, or near the very top. I, I couldn't really think of many other many other players slash coaches who would be above him. Maybe Franz Beckenbauer, he'd, he'd be sort of up in that echelon because winning winning a World Cup is hard. Coaching the World Cup is hard. Coaching two World Cups has only ever been done once before, and that was way back in the 30s. So it hasn't been done for just under 100 years of, of coaching two World Cup triumphs. Um, it would be, it would be, we haven't seen it for that long. So it'd be unbelievable if he if he can do it, and particularly with all the hardships that France have have had to go through in the lead up to this World Cup. I mean, people were were writing them off pre-tournament because of those injuries. Um, people were, were were talking down on Didier Deschamps because of his coaching style. People didn't think it was the right style that would win a World Cup. He's managed to change a few things, change the, the strategy of the team. He's played a few more attacking players in his game day squad. Um, he's managed the team very well from a from a, a you know a personnel perspective with the players he's brought in, but how he's also managed to um, to use his his full squad really well. So like substitutions and the like. I think he's actually coached really well in this World Cup. Um, and there aren't many individuals who have three World Cups to their name as a player and or coach. So um, he, that would put him right near the very top. But it would be an unbelievable story as well. How's it going to play out, Jordan? We often see finals in big uh, you know, football tournaments. They're cagey affairs. There's not many goals in them, despite the attacking talents of both teams, particularly in this game. How do you, how do you see playing out? Good chance of extra time. Do you see many goals or do you think it's going to be one of those games where maybe one goal will be enough? Um, I think I don't think it'll be as high scoring as the last one. We were we were blessed in 2018 with a, with a six-goal game, a 4-2 win for France in 2018. I don't know if it'll be as high scoring as that. 
Um, I think I think they'll definitely be goals. Both teams uh, have the ability to score in the 90 minutes. So extra time is a possibility, absolutely. But as far as the way the game will go, France in the last couple of games have have uh, not had as much of the ball. They've they've let the opposition have the ball, and Argentina love to control the ball as well. So I think I think we'll see Argentina with probably the majority of the possession. It'll be a patient game. I think it won't be slow, but it'll be patient. It'll be methodical. Um, but both teams have the ability to to play at sort of a, like a, a medium tempo and then go and go from zero to 100 and find uh, a fast breaking behind the defence. You know, the speed of Mbappe for France or the uh, the cleverness of, of the young striker Alvarez for Argentina, who's who's been really good at this World Cup. So I think... It'll be one in one in the midfield, basically, like I said before, with Griezmann in midfield, with the likes of you know Fernandez in midfield for Argentina. Um, I think it'll be a very patient game, but um, but both teams definitely have goals in them. So we might it might happen like um, like the, uh, like Argentina's semi final against uh, Croatia a few days ago, where we sort of waited half an hour for the game to really get going, and then when it did, it, it started happening a lot and, and quickly. So it might be that kind of game where it just needs a bit of time to break open. But once it does, I think it'll open up. And just finally, there's no chance Karim Benzema is going to play, is there? As has been suggested over the last 24 hours or reported over the last 24 hours. <laughs> I'd, I'd be very surprised if it happens. I'd be very, very surprised. Yeah, he's been, he's he was ruled out of the tournament, uh, well, so he thought, before the start of the World Cup. But he hasn't, he wasn't technically removed from the squad. He's not even he's there, still, is he? He's not in, no, he's not in Qatar. He's still he's in Europe somewhere. But but there was talk that they would fly him in. Um, but I think I saw something recently that he said he wasn't going to fly in. But if if it did happen, that'd be one of the one of the the the, the strange beautiful stories of of the World Cup if that happened. But um, goodness, imagine if that did happen. How would you be if you were Olivier Giroud? He's done such a great job as a striker already for France. That he'd be very unlucky. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Jordan, thanks for your time, mate. Well done again, mate. You've done a sterling job with Archie and Clint Bolton and the team. Enjoy it. It's a, a pretty good thing to call a World Cup final. Uh, enjoy it on Monday morning. Thank you, mate. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good game.